Hello and welcome back to the Football Scouting Journey podcast. I'm your host, David Lynch, and this is episode six. So kind of just a bit of a recap. Um, I started this podcast uh, in Christmas Eve, was the first first one, which was really just a, a platform for me to be able to talk about my journey in scouting. And, and it certainly still will be that. Um, but... Um, after you know, once that kind of got underway, um, I uh, linked in initially with a with a couple of sort of goalkeeper related professionals. Um, I mean, me, me son's a young goalkeeper, and uh, I kind of uh, it's always a a subject I'm really interested in. Uh, spoke to uh, the one of the first sort of uh, podcast episodes with Andy Collett, who's. Uh, he runs Premier Player Football Academy in Middlesbrough, uh, one of the best coaches, particularly around goalkeeping, um, which has been my experiences in in the northeast. I would say, and then I was lucky enough to speak to Asmir Begovic, um, ex Premier League goalkeeper, now playing with AC Milan. So the next few episodes, I'd like to try and uh, speak to some fellow football scouts, stroke recruiters, um, and really hear from them, to, for them to be able to share their journey and experience and and bring something additional to the show. Next up, we've got um, fellow Northeasterner, David Bujara. David uh, has had a, a, a good career in the game, um, which is only four years old, I may add. But he has worked for the likes of uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers and uh, recently Brentford, which which if, if you're involved with football, you know they have got a very good uh, name in the game. Um, so David's kind of worked um, really hard for four years. He's gained a great deal of experience. Um, but I think it's fair to say that David's at crossroads with, with his uh, scouting career. Where he goes next, uh, David writes a, a blog, uh, which we're gonna, which we're gonna center the podcast around. Talk about the various aspects of the blog that he's that he that he writes on a regular basis, and uh, just hear from him, 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 his stories, his uh, experiences. So keep listening, and I'll look forward to welcoming David onto the show in a few minutes. Hi David, are you there? Hey mate, you alright? Yeah, great, great. Nice day outside, isn't it? It's such a shame that we're, we're stuck inside. Ah, it's beautiful, yeah. I've just been outside with the Ben and, and the missus for a bit. Oh yeah, great. Well, I'd obviously like to officially welcome David Bajara onto the show. Um, we're, obviously we're going to be talking football and, and football scouting, but I think to kick off with David, maybe if you just... Um, Maybe he's away from football scouting. Kind of just give the the, the listeners a, a little bit of background into you, yourself. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I do my my football obviously, but I've got a, a regular job. So I work at Newcastle University in the estates department. Um, I head up the porters on on our main campus, and I look after our van team. So. It's good. I enjoy it. Good, good bunch of lads and lasses that I work with, and it's luckily sort of Monday to Friday most of the time, so fits yeah. around what I'm doing with my football. Yeah, so it's a, it's flexible in that respect. That obviously you can get out and about on a night. Um, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They've uh, my 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 boss and stuff. They're fantastic. If I sort of say like, look, I'm a, I get away maybe an hour early today, and then I'll make the time up another night because I've got a match that we all know that I do my football. And uh, Touchwood, they've they've just been fantastic. Really, sort of flexible with what I do and supportive with us doing it as well. Yeah, great, great. So I think um, really, I I do want to try and um, touch on the uh, the the blog that you've been writing. Um, mm, yeah, I think that started in about November time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, it would have been would have been about November. Yeah, yeah, and I think I've just done a little bit of research. I think that's the same time that 
uh, we got connected online as well. So <laughs> it's uh, it, it it feels like I know we, we do sort of message regular. It feels like I've known you for a lot longer than that. But um, we've uh, yeah we've we've been we've known each other at the same time as the uh, as you've you've been doing your your blog. So I mean that that's what I would like to focus on today. Uh, your blog and the, the various different posts that you've made since since then. But um, I mean, the first the first post you made um, was like a, a whistle stop sort of view of your career. Um, mm-hmm. So it would be great if you could just sort of walk us through that again, David. Just uh, sort of tell us, you know, how how you got into scouting and and the the clubs and what your roles were at them different clubs and we'll we'll bring that all the way forward to, to Brentford where, where you've been recently if that's all right yeah that's fine so I suppose like we're probably like a lot of the people that'll be listening to this um sort of this idea of being a football scout it's it's one of those like weird sort of dreams dream jobs I suppose that people get you sort of know people do it but you think wait how how has someone got a job um doing that so yeah. I was I was on the way to work one day and I saw the metro paper article that they'd been on one of the courses one of these um P, the PFSA course and they'd, they'd wrote up about it and it was sort of like just reading that and thinking way you know if, if people are going out and and there are these courses available. Maybe it is. It isn't sort of a wild dream. Maybe there's somewhere I can try and get into it. So I started really reading around the subject, um, getting on social media, onto LinkedIn especially, just trying to contact with people within football, people who already did scouting, um, made made a few good contacts, and, and one of them had advised us look get some practical experience, um. So for what I did, I emailed the league secretary for the Northern League. So that's for people that are maybe out of our area. That's sort of like the lowest semi-professional levels of Mm -hmm. football in England. Um, Just saying like, look, I'm trying to get some practical experience with scouting football. Would you mind sending this email on to all your clubs in the Northern League? Which he did. And a couple of clubs got back to us, but straight away a club called Wrighton and Craw Crook Albion, they're in yeah. Division They Their club secretary just got back to us and said, oh, come up this weekend. We've got a home match this weekend. Come up, I'll introduce you to the manager and you can have a chat with him and sort of see where we go from there. So that I went up, watched their match, talked to the manager and that was sort of like my first introduction into it. Really, yeah, excellent. And um, I mean, at that point, had had you done any courses, or were you still just were you looking to get onto courses, or you know how 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 did that first meeting go with the manager? So I suppose at that level, he was quite surprised that somebody would want to come out and do scouting, because yeah. really, it's it's not something that's used, I suppose, at that level. Um, but you sort of saw why I wanted to do it when I explained what I was hoping to do and how this was going to get me some like real practical experience of it. At the end of the day, it was costing them nothing. Um, you know, I, I was I was going to be the one that was paying me me fuel bill going here, there, and everywhere. But the, the Northern League, it's not a big league. It's not like I was going hundreds of miles. You know what I mean? And just having that opportunity to get out and about was good enough for me. Uh, so I started doing that. I started going to like. Our next, our next opponent, basically. So right, and they'd be playing somebody on a Saturday, and then I'd be had our next opponent's game and write up a report. And yeah, I hadn't done the courses at that point, so it was a little bit strange. I was going off sort of advice, what people had said to look at, things that I was thinking, what would I want to know about an opposition team if I was a manager, and then things that I'd read read about um, from online articles, from books, that kind of thing, and, and just sort of tried to mishmash a template together, a rough template together, um, of, like say, what I thought the manager would want to know. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, how long how long were you doing that, David, with, with writing and Craw Crook? So I started in the January and went through to the end of the season um, with with writing. And then I started the beginning of the the next season. There was a change of, of manager towards the end of the season. They weren't doing fantastic at the time. Um, and the new when the new manager came in, a guy called Tony Fawcett, he he was he was even more supportive about things. He wanted to get me even more involved. So he had me going out and giving opinions on players. Me, him and the assistant manager, uh, Simon Moody, the three of us would go out and we'd go and be watching a match and looking at players and sort of discussing ideas and discussing our thoughts there on the touchline. So it was really good. They were spot on with us and, and they still are. I mean, I can go up to sort of right now and they're like saying, oh, just get yourself in for free. But, it, you know, that Northern League yeah. clubs, you you want to give a, a little bit back to them. So it's, you know, it's really, they, they are, they're all really, really spot on with us still. Yeah, great. And and um, I read after that year, you got an opportunity with Wolves, didn't you? How did that come about? So... One of my contacts that I'd first made through LinkedIn, a lad called Mark Emerson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been, again, he's been fantastic, fantastic contact. I'd only talked to him, I think, a couple of times on LinkedIn messaging backwards and forwards. And he was giving us contact details of like, oh, well, try try emailing this lad, try emailing that lad, see if there's anything available. And it was um, he who told us that Wolves might have something coming up because he'd recently joined as a regional sort of regional coordinator and he gave us the information of the regional coordinator for the northeast a lad called Eddie Black um so I contacted Eddie and then met with Eddie had a good chat uh, I think he'd sort of talked to four or five lads and uh he just liked what I'd been doing he'd um sort of said that he liked like the fact that I'd sort of gone out and and pursued what I wanted to do rather than sort of sitting and waiting for things to happen. Um, and I was lucky enough that he said, yeah, come aboard. There was me, him, and a lad called Carl Newton as well. So we did the the academy stuff around the northeast for Wolves. Yeah, brilliant. And what, um, what age groups was that, David? So the youngest start watched, I think, was under 12s and it was up to sort of like under 18s at both grassroots and academy football as well. Now, the older age groups tended to be focused more on the the, like the academies themselves. So going and watching Hartlepool or Carlisle, Middlesbrough, Newcastle, Sunderland. Whereas the younger age groups, we looked... Although we did look at academies, we looked at a lot of grassroots as well, trying to sort of pick out any gems, any little bits of information we'd been given, um, like like what what you need to do, what scouts need to do at that age group, getting out and about and talking to people and watching watching teams and gauging the level of players that are available in your area. Yeah. Wow. So that's that's some some sort of start in in scouting, isn't it? Sort of. Throwing yourself straight into first team football, albeit you know um, semi pro and local, and then with with Wolves, who are now a Premiership team and got a fantastic um, reputation for the academy. Um, that that is some kind of some entry into the game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean. The sort of the, the way I like to look at it, and I know when people have asked me about getting into football and, and what I would recommend and what my advice would be, I think just just doing it and, and getting out there and getting that practical experience, it helps so much that I was given that opportunity, that I had people that were willing to give me that opportunity. And you could get out there and... You made, yeah, I made mistakes and reading back over reports now that I did first time, I think, oh, what what was I thinking? What was I writing? Why have I done this? Why have I done that? But it was a, it was a good place to learn and pick up and meet people and talk to people. Um, 
and then have something to show clubs. So if you do want to move forward, I had I had reports, I had opposition reports, I had player reports, and I had people that I could say, look, if you want to talk to this person about us and what I've been doing, there's the contact details. You can have a have a bit of a chat with them, which that's what you need because you know yourself it is. It's all about connections. It's all about who you know. Um as well as making sure that your work's up to the right levels as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and I'm going to come on to sort of Brentford in, in a second, but I guess we've got St Mirren and Crawley in the middle there as well, haven't we? How did you, you tell us a little bit about how, how that came about? Yeah, so the, the St Mirren stuff um, overlapped a bit with Wolves, so I, that, I was sort of helping out quite a bit. Um, because I would be out on a Saturday afternoon anyway. I was going to these games, so I'd be going to um, Northern League games. I'd be going to Evo Stick games. I'd be going to National League North games, and I was just doing bits of reports and keeping my eye on on players for St Mirren for the first team as well. Um, really enjoyed it. Really good group of lads. There was a few things that maybe... I was a bit naive about. I was a bit, maybe a bit too full of myself at times with certain things and had to sort of learn the hard way that you've got to, you've got to balance things out with opinions and with different people and, you know, just general work, work related stuff. But everything was over WhatsApp and, and messages and stuff like that. And it, but it, it was a learning experience, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. The the other lads, though, like I say, still in contact with quite a few of them. I know lads have gone on to do some really good things. They've got some good uh, positions sort of off the back of it and that kind of thing. So, yet again, change of management. As with football, change of management came in. We were all through the summer, thought it was going to be all right. Um Next season, didn't start off too well. New manager came in and none of us were needed anymore. So we all, that was it, really. Um, And then I got a phone call one day. I was at work and uh, there was a lad representing Crawley Town and another person had mentioned my name to him. They were after an opposition scout. So I'd been doing, on top of bits and pieces, I'd been doing ad hoc so uh, opposition reports around the northeast for people. So mm-hmm. again, focusing in non-league, national league north, rather than people travelling up to say watch Spenny Moor on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night, they would just send us a message, and I would drop down, watch that game, do me report for them. Uh, someone I'd done some work for, this lad from Crawley had been in contact with him, and then he'd mentioned my name. So yeah, I got a phone call and just said, look. Do you fancy giving this a go? Crawley Town, new manager. Uh, Gabby Kiofi had just come in. Harry Kuehl had, had left. So, yeah, it was it was a bit surreal, I suppose, to, to get this mm-hmm. phone call and, and ask, could you come and do it? Because normally you think you're going to have to be sort of chasing around with jobs. But again, just really lucky, really lucky. I'd done the right bit of work for the right person and that right person had been in contact with this lad from Crawley. So, yeah, I ended up doing the opposition work for Crawley last season just by myself. There was just me. Mm-hmm. Great. And and how long how did how long was that one for, David? Does that last um for the for the full season with Crawley? Yeah, so it started around October and then just went right the way through to the end of the season. So obviously people that know how Crawley went, it was a bit up and down at times with, with results. Um but again, the manager, I met the manager four or five times, sort of face-to-face, obviously Crawley. Up at, I'm up at Newcastle, Crawley's right the way down past London. So a bit of a, a nightmare trying to sort of get up and down there. But I did go down a couple of times and I met the manager and the assistant manager. And again, they were both spot on with us, giving us some advice, giving us, getting us to change things in my template to reflect more about what they were looking for from an opposition mm-hmm. report. Yeah. And uh, they were really understanding. So like the gaffer knew the fact that I had, I was only doing this part time and I had my normal job. 
and he wasn't expecting us to travel the full length of the country. So I didn't go down and watch matches at like Yeovil and Forest Green and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I was quite happy to sort of travel four, four and a half hours to a match, watch the match, come home and then on a Saturday and then write me a report up on a Sunday. And he was happy as long as he had that on Monday morning, he could go to the club, print that out. And then he had the report ready for the next opposition. Excellent. So finally, obviously, Brentford, um, again, another well-respected club within within sort of scouting analysis. Um, I think you touched on it on one of your, might have even been your, your first blog post about sort of, you could see why they were so high regarded. Um, so keen to kind of know a bit, a bit about that role, David. A um, bit, bit about how it started, a bit about the role, and 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 you know a, a bit about kind of where you are now with it. Yeah. So the summer, so last summer, Crawley weren't really sure what they were wanting. Um, I don't think the manager was really sure. He, he had ideas of things he would like to put in place, but that sort of never came through and I was getting no, I, I didn't really know where I was going to be. And I kept sort of asking, look, what would you like me to do? What would you like me to do? And wasn't getting getting much of an answer back. Mm-hmm. And then again, Mark, Mark Emerson just happened to mention, look, he was working for Brentford. They didn't have anybody around the northeast of England. He'd had a word with his line manager, a lad called Chris, and Chris had said for us just to send send something in. So that started the process. So, yeah, I mean, Brentford, the way that they do their scouting, um, it's phenomenal, I suppose, to think what they do and how they do it and where it's got them on the money that they spend and the budget they have and the stadium they have. Um, getting the money into the club Obviously, some some teams, you know, huge stadiums, all that match day revenue, going out and spending money like it's going going out of fashion. But but Brentford sort of pick and choose, and they, they get that thing. They're looking for that gem. They're looking for that unknown. They're looking for that person that maybe is a little bit rough, but they've got the right attributes and they've they've got the right mentality to be able to grow and develop at Brentford. Um. Now, from our stand, standpoint, what what we do is we're given players to watch. So I'll either go out live and watch players or I do loads of stuff on video because obviously we're at that level where you can scour a bit further. You're not just needing to watch players from in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, it's... It's difficult at some time, at some points being a scout, being used to going out live on a, a Saturday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and being out there and out there and out there and then having to sort of rein myself in and be sat in front of a computer watching a match on Y Scout or Instat. It took a lot of getting used to, I suppose. But in our current climate, um, that kind of thing's invaluable. There'll be nations of clubs should be or are watching stuff online to to make sure that what they're doing and the players they're looking at are the right players. Yeah, yeah. And was there any opposition work with Brentford as well, or was that mainly watching players, whether that be live or on video? Just the watching players. I, I did um, ask about the opposition stuff, but they have like dedicated people down at the club mm-hmm. who do do everything through video it's it's everything's very statistical everything's very data orientated to give them the the overall picture and then the they watch everything to get that eyes on view as well so does the data back up what you're seeing and does what you're seeing get reflected in the data so they want everything to balance interesting interesting so I mean, all of that within four years, is that right? About, about four years? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it will <laughs> be. Yeah, just, just over four years, really, from, well, maybe about four and a half years from that initial thing of going, 
you know what? Give give it a go. See if you can do something about it to be in sat here talking to you. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's flown over. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, I mean, now now we've got a kind of uh, overview of what what you've done within that time. I guess trying to sort of drill down a little bit further into the the different elements and. I suppose the first question I've got on that is like, what's been your biggest learning curve, would you say, from starting to where you are now? What do you think's been the the area where you've 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 you, you've got a, maybe it's a total different sort of view on it now to what mm. you had when you started? Is there anything probably that springs the, to mind on that? Yeah, probably it's the the crawly stuff because. It was, it was the first way somebody sort of phoning up and saying, "Look, we've been given your name. Can you come and do this?" And then going to me first few games and thinking, "Well, this is this is professional football now. You know what I mean? This is it's it's not the big leagues. That's the wrong the wrong thing. But you know what I mean? It's League Two. I'm going to grounds and watching this club and that club, and it's the same clubs that you." you know, and you see the league tables and this, that and the other. So having that responsibility and being given that opportunity, I really, to begin with, I was maybe not doubting myself, but really being picky with my reports. So it took us a while to write new reports anyway, but then for the first three or four, it was taking us even longer because I was delving right into it and I was going, is that right? What you wrote there, is it right? Look at my notes. Maybe go back and look at the video. What? Try and sort of look at parts of the match again. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense? Is that what I saw? Um, but then it's a never-ending spiral. So I just talked to the manager about him, my reports. He was happy. And he, and he just, sort of, just sort of said, like, look, you can... Drive basically drive yourself crazy going back over and back over and back over everything. So, yeah, I'd I'd say that because it was a big step up, um, and and to do that to do that for a, a professional side, it was it was fantastic, but sort of scary to begin with, yeah. I suppose, nerve wracking until I sort of calmed myself down after about a month. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that links into my next question, which is like achievements. Would would you say being able to kind of write a robust report um, for like a professional football club? Would you say that is your biggest achievement, or is anything else that springs to mind on that? Yeah, no, I, yeah, being able to do it. But I think it's it sounds like I'm blowing my own trumpet, but it's being able to do it. So people are then asking you to do stuff for them. Yeah. So there's a, a lad that I still help out with work when he when he needs us to, and he's asked us to do some stuff this season for them. And I was doing work for him when he was a chief scout further down the leagues. So it's nice to still have those connections and still get asked to do work for people, even though they've pushed on two, three, four leagues higher. That yeah. They think that your work isn't work that's only good for the Northern League or the National League North or League Two. It's good enough for where they are currently. Um, so, so that you know, it's it's just good because I think everybody. I think well, obviously, I did. I touched on this in my most recent uh, blog post. Um, everyone gets those little sort of pangs of self-doubt and stuff. Is my work good enough? Is this right? Isn't that right? So it's good to know that you are sort of stepping forward in the right direction. It gives you a little bit of confidence. It gives you something to sort of keep you ticking over because I would hate to think I was doing work for someone and getting money for something that was a, a heap of rubbish, basically, that people felt they were getting ripped off because my work wasn't up to standard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that that's great, and I guess again that leads us into your, your second post on your blog was titled "Expected to Fly." Um, but I kind of before I get too much into that, I just want to ask if you were to do all of that over again, um, 
what would be the things that you would do differently? You know, because I'm I'm leading on now into into sort of like some people that might be listening to the podcast who are, are not in scouting and want to be in scouting or maybe have just started on their journey. What would you say? What would what's the one thing you would you would do differently if you had that time over again? I think I would on a personal level, I think I would try and be a bit more confident with myself and have a bit more self-belief because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here talking to you and people might see something that I've wrote on Twitter or LinkedIn or something like that. But, um, and again, touch this on, on the blog post, it's easy enough when you're sort of behind the screen or you're doing stuff, but I really struggled with that sort of face-to-face thing. So I do have like other scouts, you've got like agents and stuff like that, that when I'm around at different games, you go and have a bit crack on with, but it took us a long time to get to that level. Whereas I think if you just, if you, you don't go over the top and you don't pester people, but you just sort of put yourself out a little bit more, go and talk to people, ask for their advice, ask for this, ask for that. Could they look at your reports? Do they mind this? Do they mind that? Um, and I think it would have helped us move, although I have moved forward quickly, I think it would have helped us be more confident with myself at this point. Yeah. Because um, I might have gone from A to B to C to D and then ended up at Brentford, which is great. But maybe I would have taken the same path, but I'd have maybe done a little bit more. You never know, but that, that I think that's the big thing. I think if anyone's starting is, as I, I mentioned earlier in our conversation, you know, your work needs to be good, but it's all about the contacts and it's all about the people that you know and who know you. Because yeah. then you're going to be at the forefront of the mind if something does become available. Now, yeah, I have had a bit of luck in, in that department as well. But like I say, it's it took us a long time to get in contact with them people and, and stuff like that. Whereas I think... I could have been a little bit sort of more self-assuring, a little bit more willing to be forward and speak to more people as I went along. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, there is debates, um, you know, within the various different sort of scouting groups about whether there should be a set route into the game in terms of uh, scouting, you know, whether there should be qualifications that you've got to do. Um, I think there's an argument for both but I mean my my personal opinion is um that there's something there's something very good in someone having to find their own way into something because like like you've said it's a learning curve and you'll make mistakes um but it also I guess you know lots of people in theory will go I want to be a football scout that sounds amazing but does this does this separate this unorthodox route, does this separate the people who really want to do it and the people who just think they want to do it? Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, everyone has their own sort of different way of going around it. And I think that there would be good to have some sort of, I don't know, so say, for example, the, the FA Level 1 Talent ID course, it's online, it's free. Now, if I was looking to become a scout or I had scouts, I would want them to at least have done that because, yeah, the content, it's just very basic and it gives you a little oversight, but it it sort of gives you some ground rules of what you should be doing and how you should be conducting yourself because I think that's that's the big thing. Maybe you don't need the the qualification in, in scouting per se about, how you how you watch a player, how you do a report, because it's all sort of like individual of how you do that. And then clubs will have certain reports, but there should be something about this is how you should present yourself and this is how you should act when you're out and about. Because some of the stuff you see and some of the way that the people that some people go on is just mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't know how to keep roles at clubs when you talk to some people and you see what some people do. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and as far as a journey, I mean, no, you, you can get lads who are, are going to be great scouts who have 
and it's because they've known someone. So they might have an uncle who was a professional footballer or a mate who works in a club or something, and they sort of get into it that way. And it could be to a good level. I mean, you could have somebody out there that maybe the first ever job or the first ever role within football was, I don't know, doing academy scouting for City or Arsenal or, you know what I mean, like a big club where there's, a, there's an academy scout who maybe be dreaming of getting at that level because they've known someone and they've gone on to do good things because it's once you're in the environment, no matter what level it's at, you just work your, your arse off and make sure that you're, your work's to a good enough quality and that's what it's all about. It's about making sure that your work's good enough and not doing things half-arsed because if you're a half-arsed scout in the Northern League or you're a half-arsed scout at the Premier League club, you're still a half-arsed scout. Whereas yeah. you work your arse off in the Northern League, you work your arse off in the Premier League, you're a good scout. So I would, I would definitely say to people, though, get out and get practical experience. If you can afford it, there's a nation of... Um, sort of courses you can go on, um, private ones, you know what I mean, um, seminars that you can pay for and watch. Now, if you've got the money, do it. You're always going to pick something up. If you're away at a course for over a weekend, you, you're bound to meet somebody or meet a couple of people and talk to them and get some ideas. And, you know, again, it's putting yourself out that little bit if you go to a course and spend... 600 quid and sit in the corner by yourself and don't talk to anybody well you know you, you're the one that's lost out but yeah, me practical experience trying to find a club trying to find at an academy level or a first team non-league club whatever just go out and get some practical experience learning to take notes of the match learning to watch the match as it's going on you can't stop and start things like you can with a video you've got to take all your notes there and then so yeah that that would be my main bit of advice is yeah. get some practical experience where you can great and i guess you know you talked a little bit about like the, the dark side of scouting the, the bits of side that maybe people don't see um what, what would you say again uh, aimed at people just getting into scouting or want to get into scouting what would you say they are what 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 do people need to be aware of what you need to put into this and give us a few examples David of of that side of it yes I think a lot of people think well what I'll do I'm going to go and watch players for a club all I need to do is go to the match spend 90 minutes watching the match come home and I just got to put a couple of notes down and send it away but there's sort of like there's a lot more to it than what people expect. Mm -hmm. You know, it 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 can be a, a troll at times, especially if you've got a job on top of doing your scouting. So you've been maybe like, I can go to work, get up at six, set off for work at seven, finish at half past four, come home, grab a sandwich, drive for a couple of hours, you know, go to a match, get back in half 10, 11, half 11, go to bed, get up and do it, do my shift again the next day. Um, if you're not at the level where scouting's your job and, and that's all you've got to concentrate on, then you've got a lot to fit in around it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why there's a lot of younger people who are getting into it. A lot of young people have an opportunity where maybe you don't have responsibility, you don't have that kind of thing. That not holding you back, but those kind of things to balance family, um, mortgage payments, car payments. You'd love to be able to give your normal job up or drop your hours, but you can't because you've got to do this, that, and the other. There's, you talk to lads up and down the country who are, are in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, whatever, and have a job and do the scouting as well. And we'd all probably love to to drop our hours at work to put more into football, but you've got to find a balance somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. I think that does, it gives us a good insight into, into that side of it. And it's, 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 it's much more than just putting a couple of notes down as, as we know. I mean, I'm still doing opposition reports and it'll take us, I need to give myself a full day. Really. I'll not be, yeah. I'll not be at the computer sort of, 12, 14 hours non-stop I need to have little breaks but you need you need that 
quality yeah. time, don't you? To to put something together that's that's worthwhile to the managers, basically. Yeah, because at the end of the day, again, I've already said it a couple of times, but it is it's the quality of your work that's gonna that's gonna get you somewhere because your contact might be able to get you a, a phone call or a meeting with a manager or or a chairman or something like that, but when they ask to see the quality of your work, if your quality of your work shocking, then they're just going to look and say, oh, thanks for coming in, but it's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, you've got to be able to, you've got to spend the time doing it correctly and making, making sure that it is right and not half-assed to, to help you as much as it is to help the club that you're working for. Yeah. Great, great. So, I mean, that covers the first part of the episode, I would say. And that's been really good to find out what about yourself, your experiences, what you've done. And I guess the, the really interesting bit, the, the bit that I was really interested in diving into was um, I think the last three blog posts that you made were all kind of interlinked. Um, but there the were, I think it's fair to say, I mean, you can disagree, but was I think it was fair to say that there were all kind of centered around what you do next and and kind of you were very very honest about the place that you're currently in with your scouting um mm-hmm. and i think that you know a lot of respect for that and i think more people need need to be a bit more honest about where they are and what and what they do and i th- i found that really interesting so i mean just starting off i guess like if you could just maybe let us know, you know, where you're at currently in terms of practically where you're at with a job. Um, I know with with regards to I know last last team you mentioned was Brentford, um, and you start to talk about like roles that you you think you would want to go for next. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't mind just talk, just touching a bit about you know just clarifying your current sort of position, and then just talk about the the roles that you maybe see as your next the next part of your journey yeah so it's a funny one with with Brentford um I don't know about everybody else but I had a year's contract or, or a season's contract when I signed up with them to, to help out with the scouting and because of what's currently going on we've just sort of been told well at the minute there's nothing really for you to do we don't need you so we'll be in contact in summer so currently yeah i am still with brentford um until i'm given that real in or out sort of talk but mm-hmm. in football you cannot you cannot hang on um plus you know I'm, I'm always trying to progress i would like to think i have a level of understanding and a level or a, a knowledge about football and players and that I'm able to go out and produce work that would really help a club. So in I think on one of the blog posts you, you mentioned and sort of my workable dream or my workable job that I, I title it would be to work in National League North for a club, maybe at a senior level, chief scout, something like that, or work as a senior scout closely with the chief scout that I could learn from. Um, yeah, and I think I think it would just it would work from where I am now with my regular job, and it would sort of progress me in the right direction. It will give me maybe more responsibility again because it, it might sound, it probably sound weird, but I feel like I had a lot more responsibility with Saint Mirren and Crawley than I do with Brentford because we've got such a, a big number of scouts at Brentford with the connection with smart odds and things like that, both being owned by sort of the same people. Um, not to say that my work isn't valued, but I just think that it sort of the workload spread out then, so the responsibility spread out. But with Crawley, it was like, well, I'm just relying on myself. And then it goes straight into the manager. So there was that pressure and there was that need to do something. So I maybe would like to be back down at that level again where 
it, it's really important that you get things right and maybe try and thrive off that pressure a little bit, get involved with the club that are looking to grow, that are looking to push forward. Um, that Saying that I am, yeah, I would like to get forward. I'd like to take on more responsibility. I'd like to take on a bit more of a senior role and really try and push myself to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. And and I mean, what what does stand out is the, uh, you know, especially in in that in that last post uh, yesterday went too soon. You, you you were, I think it was clear that you were sort of admitting that you were struggling for motivation a little bit with regards to what your role is is and and where you want to take a net. Is that fair to say, David? You know the. Um, I, I, yeah. I think it was there was. So I'd taken on some extra stuff at work at the university, some training um, and sort of development, a few little bits and pieces. And then I'd taken on some extra sort of scouting work as well, um, helping a few people out. Uh, I'd been doing some stuff for the Canadian Premier League. Um, A lad there called Oliver had got in contact with us, wanting wanting to know would I, would I be happy to help him out with a few little bits and pieces. Um, and I think if I'd done just my work or I'd done just the scouting, it would have sort of fit quite nicely. But I think I sort of maybe took a little bit too much on all at one time. Um, and it just seemed like it was non-stop, non-stop, non-stop. And uh, yeah, I really sort of struggled to find a balance so I never felt like I just felt it was work or scouting, work or scouting, work or scouting. I didn't have like even half an hour to sort of sit and maybe read a book or watch some crap that I've recorded on Sky or, or whatever, you know what I mean? Just have a bit of yeah. time to relax. It was just get out to work, come in, have some tea, get the band to bed, get on the computer, go to bed, get up, repeat, 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 you know? So yeah. I mean, there, there's a thing, you know, if, if people are starting off, if people are looking and thinking, I've just got to, I've got to do report after report after report after report after report because I've got to show people I'm dedicated and I want it. Worry, don't don't feel as though you've got to do that because you're going to end up burning yourself out. And then I could see, I was writing reports and getting to the end of it and reading back through them before I sent them in and thinking, David, what, that's just a, that's a heap of crap. You cannot be sending that in, and it's because I was just like, I wasn't in the right sort of frame of mind. I think then I put on the blog post, I'd maybe decide, oh, I'll have a night off. I'll go and watch a Northern League game, and I was getting along the coast road, and I was just thinking, oh, I cannot be bothered. Can't mm-hmm. even be bothered to go and watch a football match. I'm just going to get myself home. But it's that kind of thing, and I think it really helps because then I was I was sitting on the sofa and I was watching Hawaii Five O and I was watching you know NCIS LA and a bit of escapism for a couple of hours, and then the next day I was getting up and I was thinking, yeah, get back on it tonight, do a report, watch a match, you know. So you you do need to have that little bit of downtime, that little bit of escapism. It cannot be. Not at my level anyway, maybe, or not for me personally. Other people might be able to do it, but for me personally, I need that downtime. I need that escapism to then be able to do the job properly. Yeah, yeah. And I guess this current situation, you know, looking at a positive, it's probably given you that that time to reflect and that time to just take a step back. Because it, obviously it sounds like for the last four years it's been... You know, it's it's been non-stop, both within your work, your your day job, if you like, and within your scouting. So, I guess it's um it's allowed you that time to just take a step back, reflect, and start planning on what what you want to do next. Oh, definitely, because I mean, so I've got a little girl, so she's off school at the moment. So there's there are days when it's it's just me and her. My wife's a nurse; she's still at work. Um. So when she's at work, it's me and my daughter. Well, that's no football. So there's a day where between whatever time she gets up on the morning and when we put her to bed on the night, well, that's a day without sort of thinking too much about football or worrying about it. And it has really helped. Um, like I say I wrote that blog post. Haven't been, I haven't done it for a while. Again, I was really, 
I think I turned out quite a few posts. I had a little bit of a break over Christmas, New Year, put another one out, had some ideas. And then I just, again, I, I just couldn't be bothered even writing something for that. So mm-hmm. although it, it is a awful time at the moment, um, having that, I suppose, having that little bit of time off and then being able to step back a little bit and, and have a good think about things, it's really helped. Yeah. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, I think that listening to that's been been really good, um, inspiring. It's um, again, you've been very honest. Uh, I really hope, um, and I do believe that 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 sort of that podcast that we just recorded there will probably help somebody somewhere, if it's not at this very moment in time, at some point down the line, because it's it is a difficult. You know, it is a difficult job, um, but you know, we we do it, we do it for the passion of the game, David. I'm, you know, I'm sure your passion for the game has, has definitely shone through in that interview. So, um, yeah, obviously, uh, y- y- I'm sure you'll you'll you, you'll add value to whatever club organisation that that you are, whether that's the next step with Brentford or if that's at a new club. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure you'd be successful. That's been been great. Is there anything else, finally, that you <clears throat> you want to touch on, or you want to you want to just get across? Anything yeah, well, just, it, yeah. Just be like, if anyone anyone does want to chat about anything, um, or they want to they want to read the blog, just contact us on Twitter, um. LinkedIn, whatever, you know, if you can find us on social media. If you've got any questions about anything, I'm always happy just to try and give any advice and help people out because I think that's what everyone needs. If you've got somebody that can sort of support you and give you a little bit of help, it goes a long way. So, yeah, just anyone that's interested in stuff, find us on Twitter, find us on, find the blog, whatever, and and just give us a shout and I'll be happy to help if I can. Great, David. Excellent. Well, I'll let you get on with your. I had to think there. Saturday. This one. Well, each day just kind of rolls yeah. into, into the other. But I'll let you get on with your day. And like I say, thanks very much for coming on the show. Stay safe, and that goes for everybody else and all the listeners. Thanks very much, David. Cheers, Dave. See you later, Cheers. mate.